Hey, friends. Are you familiar with the most trusted business network for business executives? It's the C-Suite Network. If you're a business of $5 million or greater, and if you're a VP level or higher, then you're invited to join the C-Suite Network to connect with your business peers. Go to c-suitenetwork.com, that's a c-suitenetwork.com, to learn more about the benefits, meetings, and services exclusive for C-Suite executives like you. Okay, let's do the show. It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 475 of Accelerate, where I hold in-depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. So a couple of quick items here before we begin the show. Please, if you haven't already, go to iTunes, subscribe to this show, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions about topics or guests that you'd like me to feature or on Accelerate, an upcoming episode, then please send me a note at AccelerateFM at gmail.com. That's AccelerateFM at gmail.com. Now, if you're looking for new ideas about how to amp up your sales, then you need to get my free ebook titled How to Spark a Sales Turnaround. You can go to Accelerate.fm forward slash spark. That's spark as an S-P-A-R-K. It's based on my interviews with over 300 sales experts on the show about how they would boost their sales. And I've compiled the recommendations into a practical step-by-step playbook that you can use to accelerate your sales today. So don't wait. Go to accelerate.fm forward slash spark to get your free copy of how to spark a sales turnaround. So joining me on Accelerate today for a second time is Peter Winnick. Peter is the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Leverage. And Peter's built this really interesting company that enables thought leaders, authors, gurus, whoever, to monetize what they know, their knowledge, through books, uh, keynote speaking, training services, products, consulting, and so on. He's worked with a number of really high-profile people whose names you'd recognize. Uh, it's less high-profile people, such as, such as myself, actually. So the topic we're going to talk about today is, is personal branding. You know, it's, it's not just for the authors. It's just not just for the well-known business people. It's, it's for all of us. For anybody in sales, anybody who's customer-facing, we've got to pay attention to our personal brand. So we're going to talk with Peter about that today. Peter Winnick, welcome back to Accelerate. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah. We live so close and we never see each other. <laughs> exactly. Or at least part of the time we live so close. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about Thought Leadership Leverage. I mean, for people who didn't hear the, the first episode that you were on way back in the day, uh, over a year ago. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so Thought Leadership Leverage is a boutique consulting firm. We work exclusively with authors, thought leaders, and speakers that have content that has, typically it's an obvious business application. Sometimes it's a tad less than obvious. Um, we build strategies, we build brands and platforms, we build products and solutions, and we build business for our clients. All right. Very simple. And, yeah. and, and straightforward. And, and I said, people would recognize a lot of the people that you do, do work for, have done work for it. So what I want to get in today, sort of leveraging off what you do is, is there's a lot of attention being paid these days to this whole idea about personal branding. You know, it's important for sales professionals, sales managers, virtually anybody, right? That that has a, a is in business and uh, perhaps has a, certainly a presence in terms of dealing with the outside world. Personal branding becomes real important. But as I've interviewed people about this and we've talked about it, it seems like something is missing in the conversation. Which to me is what I brand sort of this idea of influence, right? And to me, personal branding 
seems a little bit like window dressing, but what's missing is the tension to why somebody should talk to you. Why are you credible? Yep. Um, yeah, what's the influence you exert? And so I just want to get your your take on that. Yeah, so I, I think if you go back in your, I don't know, it would be history books, but 20 years when sort of the personal branding movement or wave came out, you know, you're going back to the Fast Company and, and, and Tom Peters and a brand called You. And I think the concept there was stand out from the pack, right? Be a little bit different. Don't be a cog in the wheel. How do, how do you get others to notice you? But primarily uh, within the confines of a corporate environment, right? So look to your left at the cube and look to your right in your cube. How do you stand out a little bit? So some of the attributes of a personal brand might be you're reliable or you're someone I could, uh, I could count on, or you've always got a fun story to tell or whatever the case may be. And I'm not anti, uh, personal brand, nor do I think you are, but I think, uh, it's sort of table stakes today. And I don't think it's enough to differentiate given that if you look at where we are now versus where we were 20 years ago, I used to anxiously await the monthly arrival of my big, thick, fast company magazine, uh, on my desk once a month. I don't know what I wait for once a month anymore. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> the, the bills from American Express, but uh, right. you know, it's 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 now it's immediate gratification. It's 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 you know. So you know, to your point, um, influence or well, you know, I would I would probably use the term thought leadership uh, is is a way to enhance personal branding. So again, you could you could do all the personal branding you want, but what do you want your brand to be? And I, I always default towards thought leadership and say, what is it that you've got a perspective on uh, that you can share with others that will benefit them in what they do personally or professionally? Yeah, I was trying to sort of stay away from that term just because I think too many, too many letters in it perhaps, but uh, you know, it, it sounds more intimidating, right? I mean, hopefully people understand the concept of, of influence is cause that's, that's ultimately your, your job. You know, if you're out marketing or selling is, is, you know, you're trying to reach the customer at those moments where they're, uh, you know, open to being influenced to making a, a decision to do business with you. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think that's right. And I think it's, it's somewhere between influence and, you know, thought leadership and differentiation, right? So, Influence comes, it doesn't come from deploying uh, sort of these old school tactics of how do I manipulate Andy to do something that he doesn't want to do. Influence in my mind, mm -hmm. how do I get Andy to do something that he does want to do, but maybe not at the pace that he was, would have done it without my, you know, doing something to prod him along the way in a positive way. It's not about manipulation and it's not about taking advantage but it's just that little bit of horse whispering, a little bit of persuasion, a little nudge, if you will. Uh, but you were going to go there directionally anyway, maybe you know against your timetable, against my timetable. Right. So if you look at somebody from a personal branding these days, you said the table stakes. I think that's true. But it's interesting how much attention is being paid to it now. And again, there are multiple books being published in the last year, some very recently. I've had guests on the show. We've talked about it. That that focus on this, and I, so I, I wonder what's what's sort of out there that is making this little we'll start with the personal brand is is making that urgent again. So my my belief on that is is you know let, let's first put out that your personal brand could be good or bad, 
right, uh, uh, or positive or negative or smart or stupid. Uh, I think there are now at everybody's fingers, fingertips, lots and lots of tools from your, your, you know, your iPhone to your camera, you know, your camera and your phone video to all the social platforms that make it make the perception that, oh, it's really easy to have a personal brand. Let me just go on Instagram 38 times a day and let me go Facebook live every five minutes and, you know, do that at the, at the click of a button. Um, that being said, if I wasn't sure you have nothing to say and you're saying a lot of nothing, you've confirmed my suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a risk of uh, having having access to all these things to broadcast uh, mediocrity. I think you you know that's where the thoughtfulness comes in to say, yeah, okay, great. So we're we're blessed that we live at a time where it's never been easier, quicker, faster, cheaper to get thoughts out there and get your and influence others in, in, in your language. Andy, but do I really, am I really putting things out there that are representative of what I'd like people to believe about me, to think about me, to say about me when I'm not in a room? You know, people might, you know, do you want the term narcissism looked at? Do you want people saying, does Pete, you know, anybody really care that Peter had a turkey sandwich for lunch today? Because he felt the need to broadcast that on three platforms. And I'd, I'd say, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of narcissistic or egocentric. So I think when it comes to influence, uh, my personal belief is every time you have a touch point from me, how am I influencing you inside of a, uh, a lane that I've chosen to be my lane of influence? So, right, I, I might have an opinion on a glass of Cabernet, but I'm not a wine expert, right? So it doesn't really matter if, if I'm sharing with you that I had this lovely glass of Cabernet because that's not what people are coming to me for. So how do you keep it sort of in – in your lane and in your domain and your expertise to say, yeah, I'm influenced. Uh, so for example, you, Andy, you influence me and lots and lots of others, all things sales, right? Mm -hmm. So I know you personally that you swim and you run and there's all these other, you bike ride across Europe. That's cool. And we've talked about that personally as friends, but you know, if you just started randomly putting all that stuff out there in a, in a, in a, in a uh, non-organized way, I'm going to sort of get confused around what is, what is Andy really about? Is it is it sale? Is it one part sales, two part biking, three part, you know, traveling through Europe? I don't know. I'm getting confused. <laughs> you forgot the gin and vermouth. Yeah, the gin. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it raises an interesting question though, because certainly some of the advice that that people get about building their personal brand online, and we're saying let's sort of say that's sort of a, a precursor to establishing influence is that they need to show more of themselves personally. You know, that this day and age requires that that you know, people see the the human behind whomever's, you know, providing advice. Yeah, so I I think not, you know, having the courage to have a little transparency and to be human is great. The reality is if you're somebody that is selling uh I don't know some complex cloud-based data stored software something 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 and I'm the enterprise buyer at a Fortune 100 do I really care you know that that uh you did a half marathon last weekend do I you know and I think that's really a question of do I know you well enough uh that I do care that I do have a vested interest in you and that's really a function of how well you connect uh with your clients and prospects so I may or I may not. And I think sometimes people uh, almost intrude on putting their stuff out to people that don't really care and have and, and you don't really you haven't really earned that level of or developed that level of rapport relationship 
to be able to share freely with them your entire life. And so is one of the, okay. I mean, so I, and it raises a thought, you know, as I think about that is, is let's say, you know, sales professional, just in general, as you said, give the example, selling a, a complex enterprise software SaaS offering to a fortune 100. We know that when you, you make contact with a customer or a potential customer there, they are going to go search your, at least your LinkedIn profile. They, they may, who knows, they may look, look you up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. Does everybody really need to be that mindful about putting something out there that uh, a potential customer may see? Um, well, I think you only need to be mindful if you're stupid, right? Like, so if there's lots of pictures of you on Facebook drinking and binging and doing silly things, not smart. Um, I think the difference that I, the, the point that I was trying to make, there's a difference between having elements of your life out there for people to find in a pull down, right? So if I'm researching on you, Andy or anybody, and find things on Facebook, that's kind of cool. That's different than you pushing it on me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that's the difference. Got it. So you're not doing anything you're embarrassed of or is shameful or silly or, or highly controversial. Sure, put it out there. Doesn't mean I, it doesn't mean you should push it to me. Right. Okay. Well, that's good advice. So let's sort of take that then as the platform and say, okay, personal brand, table stakes, be careful, be mindful of what you're, what you're communicating. So now one of the, the real issues is, is we get to this idea of influence thought leadership. And some people, you know, very strong on either side of the, the equation in terms of should individual sales professionals be, or what's their role in terms of like creating content, creating something unique uh, about themselves, you know, in terms of what they think, what they feel, their passions relative to the business they're in. Yeah. So I think, I think there's actually a spectrum there. So I think you have, and and the spectrum is really dictated at the organizational or enterprise level, uh, or at least the perception is, right? So there's some companies that say, you're a robot, you're salesperson number 982, and here is all the body of content that you should feel free to publish and push out there to develop your influence. And by the way, you know, everybody's is the same. So there's no differentiation, right? So this is the corporate approved, you know, propaganda might be too strong of a word, but these are the things that we approve. And actually we've got somebody in marketing that curates articles that you can all push out, whatever, but it's all the same vanilla ice cream, right? Um, that's one end of the spectrum, a very controlled, uh, communication message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's from a, a culture of a company. Other times it's, it's a compliance regulatory issue, right? Like in financial services or sure. pharmaceuticals or something like that. So there's, there's, there's constraints that we have in certain industries. The other end of the spectrum is, is really the free for all where the organization organization basically says, Hey, do whatever you want. You know, all good. We trust you. You're adults. You're smart. You're, you're not going to do anything stupid. Do whatever you want. Then the question becomes, you know, it's, it's, it's a little more fun. It's a little more creative. What do you choose to put out in the world to gain influence, right? So industry news could be interesting. Um, analysis is interesting. I think the one of the ways to gain influence today, I think there's two primary ways to do it that don't require boatloads of time. Number one is not just sharing informa- you know, information. That's sort of, people always do that, right? Hey, Andy, I read this great article, thought you might like it. Okay, that's sort of cool. Um, the level above that is, Andy, I read this great article and thought you might like it. And by the way, here's three things that came to my mind when I read it as it relates to what we were discussing last Tuesday around your business. Mm-hmm. So a little mm-hmm. bit of analysis and thoughtfulness and personalization, not just mailing a, 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 
an article you read in Fortune to 800 of your quote closest friends, right? That's number one. Number two is uh, uh, original thoughts, original content, if you will, right? So either commentary or analysis on a thoughtful piece that's in a respectable uh, publication of sorts or original thoughts that you have. It could be, hey, Andy, you know, I know you're in the same industry that I'm in. I went to this conference last week um, and I, I heard three people speak and here's a couple of things that, that uh, I took away from it that I thought might be of interest to you based on you know, our history and what I know you're working on, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's interesting. So be thoughtful, customize it, and put the effort into to make it uh, the receiver go, wow, that, you know, it was really nice of Andy to think about me and put that together. And wow, his insight's pretty good. He actually, I'm looking forward to the next time he sends me something because then Andy's a pretty smart fellow. Yeah, and you know, in in that, because I, I use that exact same framework, is, is you're not asking, actually asking for anything. You're just sharing at that point. Right. Exactly. And, that's, and that's, that's the thing that I think is hard for salespeople. It's sort of a, when we talk about behavior change and habits and formation and so on, is, is you know, there's, there's this trigger that, that, that salespeople have been trained to sort of respond to, which is contacting a customer. And when I contact a customer, that triggers me to say, I need to ask for something. And really, the behavior change is when you get that trigger of contacting a customer is that you provide them something. You'd be of service to them. You share something with them. Yeah, no, if every time I hear your name or see it come up on my cell or my email and you're asking me something, asking me for something, uh, I'm not looking forward to that as much as if, you know, six or, or eight times out of ten, you're giving me something that's just interesting or a value to me or I can apply to my world, um, then I'm way more likely to take your call. Right. Because but I, I think that comes from a place of generosity, uh, uh, you know, and, and I think that's really a mindset that you have to live by. Yeah, well, I think I think it's a habit. Right? I think that this is so, you know, if you're a, a sales rep, you're not making proactive calls to a customer. And yeah. yeah, you've got to hit certain so many, you've got to make so many contacts. You're trying to build you know, pipeline. Yep. You really need to start factoring into your process that, look, yeah, I may have two or three touches before I ask them anything. Well, and then the, you know, the other side of that coin, Andy, is, is, is and you've probably uh, experienced this as well, is, wow, you know, you're the nicest guy in the world, and you're so responsive, and you're so thoughtful, and blah, blah, blah. Now here we are 12 days after I've signed the contract, and, uh, wow, I guess Andy doesn't like me anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> and here I am two months, you know, so we're, we're post-transaction, and there's not a, an immediate transaction uh, hanging out there. And all of a sudden, my phone stops ringing, and all of a sudden, my you know I don't get any more emails. That's a great opportunity to continue to build and develop and strengthen the relationship through influence without any uh, uh, preconceived notion of there's a direct something in it for me right now. That's that's playing the long game versus the short game. And I think a lot of salespeople today, because they're compensated on a quarterly basis, forget that that you know business is a long game and. Uh, I don't know how many quarters you and I have known each other because I don't think in those terms, but it's like, you know, a lot. Yes. Uh, right. There's lots of them. And, and, you know, do I ever think about what can Andy do for me this quarter because I have a number to make? No. But but, you know, I think salespeople, sometimes they're in that cadence and they don't realize by not communicating with someone when you're not in a transaction that actually sends a message as well. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people and this is, I think, sort of central to this issue is that Salespeople sort of think that, yeah, a lot of that's being done by our content marketing, right? That, that 
you know, by the time this lead gets to me, if it's you know coming yeah, through right, a marketing, right. you know, it's a sales qualified lead, yeah, they sort of gotten all that. No, no, this is talking about you and your relationship, you as a sales professional, your relationship, your no, well, I'll call it a relationship. Yeah, you know, your relationship with with the buyer. Yeah, so you are the key person right now. It's been transitioned to you. It's your influence that's really important if you are able to establish it. That starts again with sharing. It's not like, okay, we've done all the sharing we need to do with this guy. Now it's right down to it. Let's see. Let's ask, you know, fall into discovery. And it may not work that way. And it may not be to your advantage to work that way. Yeah. And I've never met a buyer that thinks of themselves in the language that a seller does, right? Nobody wakes up today and say, today I'm Andy's prospect. Today I'm Andy's warm lead. I'm his sales qualified lead. Yeah, I'm his sales qualified lead. That's who that's how I self-identify today. I am his <laughs> I'm his influencer today. But but as you know, sales professionals, we put those labels on people and words are important. If that's all if I only think of Andy as a prospect or a warm lead, you never become a colleague, a friend, or someone that might respect me or admire me. And and that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean you realize foreclose the the uh, at that point you foreclose the the ability to have any sort of Again, relationship, if you will, uh, yep. that will lead to an order, and yeah, use relationship in sort of a, a broader, broader context. There, it's not like you're developing a close personal friendship. Yep, and and I think you know to, to your point of influence, one of the things to be thinking about is in sharing something or some analysis or or, or whatever. Um, you're doing what personal branding promised to do 20 years ago, which is differentiate yourself, but. The stakes are much higher today because the scarcest resource that most people have today is not money. It's their time. Right? Exactly. So if you can give me an idea or a thought uh, and it saved me time of going to an event or reading a whole bunch of things, that's incredibly valuable to me today. And, and what that means is I'm going to be way more apt to want to put you in front of people that I admire and respect because you, you, you provided value to me outside of what I expected. I mean, doing what you say you're going to do in, 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 in the time frame that you said it, that's, that's your job, right? Influencing me is above and beyond your job to create that stickiness and differentiation, which was, again, the, the, some of the core principles of personal branding are embedded in, in this influence concept, but the stakes are higher and it's a, it's a different game today. Yeah, so I think if we get down to sort of specific tactics on some of this is, is you know you talked about don't just share something share something with original content around it right here are three points that i think are really interesting that we should discuss um you rarely i mean i rarely see that i get tons of inbound emails all the time um rarely rarely see that and that's one of my one of my strong recommendations i mean my well, my standard uh standard training includes that yeah um Similarly, is is go comment on places. You know, if you see a somebody sharing something on LinkedIn, and you know, increasingly, <clears throat> you know, people aren't you aren't seeing the discussions in the discussion groups. You're seeing them, you know, in the in the main main threads. Yeah. Is right. people coming out and posing questions? Well, see one that's interesting, respond to it, say something original. Yeah, you know, put yeah, your perspective yeah. out there. And and, th- and that's a great point, Andy, because sometimes people are. They lack the confidence. They're afraid. It's an unknown to sort of, quote, publish original content. Uh, there's nothing better than a good question, right? So even if you say, oh, man, I, you know, I'm not a writer. I don't want to write an article. I don't know how to research. But a, a thoughtful question is really, really, you know, sometimes more valuable than a 
two thousand word article. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, that's even better than what I suggested, which was you know comment on questions. But yeah, have the originate the question yourself. So, what are the key questions that your your prospects are ask, asking? Right, what are their key concerns that you're seeing? Uh, address that. And I think you can do that in real time as well. I've seen people do it now that I think about it at events that I've been to or people speaking, et cetera, where, you know, a speaker or an expert, subject matter expert, whatever is talking for an hour. And you're thinking, I think I'm the dumbest guy in the room because I didn't understand the first three things that he said, but I'm kind of embarrassed to ask the question of what did you mean by dot, dot, dot. And then somebody else has the courage to do it. And you're like, thank you. (laughs) Um, So if you didn't get it, you know, either you are the dumbest guy in the room, which is typically not the case for most of us, or other people didn't. It's an opportunity for you to ask the question that other people will go, wow, I'm really glad Andy asked that because I was sort of thinking about it or I was thinking about it. But uh, hey, thanks for asking that. That's another way to to, you know, sort of get some or or, or uh, develop some influence. Yeah. And I think that the key to this and you you brought this up is is if you're going to participate, you know, start building your influence is you have to serve. Let go of your anxieties about the fact that some people may not agree with you. Now, I can speak for this, and, and you know this, Peter. I mean, as, as an author, I've written a couple books and, and speak in public all the time. And, and when you first start doing it, your biggest fear is that someone is going to disagree with you and tell you that. And then you find out that really, you know, unlike some sites you could be on online where people revel in, in calling you an idiot— yeah, by and large, my experience has been in business, you know, on LinkedIn for sure. That's not a forum where people are going to attack you in that way. No, I mean, I think that's the the days of, uh, you know, Yahoo chat boards or whatever from the Stone Age where the you had a you know, bunch of, uh, you know, whatever, Dungeons and Dragons playing folks that lived in their mom's basement that grew, uh, you know, Internet balls. I thought it was proper etiquette to just belittle people or something. People tend typically don't do that in a professional form. I could disagree with you. I could disagree with you with the utmost respect and still uh, think, think you're smart and thoughtful. But uh, uh, I think there's more decorum, you know, on LinkedIn and, and, and forums and it makes whoever's doing that look like a dodo bird. Yeah. But I mean, you have to, exactly. And you have to have the, I said, the courage a little bit just to I said, drop the anxieties and that first comment you you leave, or that first question that you post, or the first time you uh, you know send an article to a prospect and put your own perspective on it, yeah, if they don't agree, they don't agree. That's okay. That that's a that's an occasion for a discussion. Yeah, no, no, no. And and if you're filtering things or or, or doing your own editing to say, oh man, I have to please everybody, or everybody has to agree then it probably isn't a thought worth sharing, right? I mean, it should either, <laughs> right. you know, give me to think in a way I didn't think, or even if I disagree with you, by disagreeing with you, you're forcing me to challenge some of my thoughts, which is incredibly valuable. Right, and I think there's a, a sort of final aspect this to discuss, which is that, especially if you're you know, a sales professional, and you're saying, okay, how does this influence thing tie into my idea for my ideas for advancing in my own career? Yeah, getting recruited to a new job outside the company, more responsibility within your current uh, company, or actually, you know, being elevated uh, to a management role or something. The influence thing is really important there. Right? It's not your personal brand, as is at least I don't think so. I mean, I looked at you know people that I've in organizations I've worked with, and people I've promoted. 
influence. I was thinking about that before you and I spoke is, is influence is really the key thing. It wasn't sort of the superficial things. It was, you know, where's the value they were creating and how, how does that represented? Yeah. And we used to call it, uh, you know, back in the day, hiring the good sales rep was, Oh, you're buying a Rolodex, right? Well, what was the Rolodex? What did that really mean? You're, you're buying someone that has access and influence to people. It's not necessarily that they're, communication skills are the best or their negotiation skills or whatever, but there's a sphere of influence that they have that comes with the package. I think in today's world, your transferable influence outside of your current job today is, is your, your, your content and your thinking and such. And, you know, all things considered, if, if, if you're going to hire somebody and one person has, uh, 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 you know, a nice history of thought leadership, influence, et cetera, online, you sort of get that for free as, as, as the employer going, well, that's pretty cool. Like, okay, that's an added bonus that I get for free. That's sort of, that could be a tiebreaker. Yeah. I always harken back to a comment. Uh, one of my early bosses, I think it was maybe my first boss, you know, I was asking him, so how do you, how do you know when to promote somebody? And his answer says, well, when they're already doing the job. Yeah, exactly. And that's so it. if you think about that as, you know, you as an individual, you know, creating some influence with your customers, but that's also influence that other people are seeing within your organization, you know, or perhaps recruiters or, you know, another company that perhaps might be interested in you is this is also part of the importance, right? Is, is having good quality content, thoughtful content, consistent content that you're putting out there that represents your point of view. Somebody may want to hire that point of view. Well, and, and to your point, if you're waiting for the day where, you know, let's say you're a, a, a junior sales rep where your sales manager comes out and says, OK, now everybody has to do some content develop, you know, content creation or something. Uh, and it, and it's it's you're being told to do it. It's probably too late. There was more value if you did it, before, you know, to your point, uh, do the job that you want. Right. Do mm-hmm. it before but be told to do it, assuming you're not breaking any. uh, uh compliance issues and such. Why do you, you know, if you're always waiting, wait to be told what to do, that's not a big differentiator in a very competitive marketplace today. Yeah. Well, and I agree with you. I think compliance issues, notwithstanding, if you have those, you have those, you got to play by the rules. But for the vast majority of companies, if you're an individual sales professional, the great, great thing about the era you live in is you can, yeah, you can set up a unique personal brand, but to really make that powerful, is the tools exist for you to go and contribute more from an intellectual standpoint, a thought leadership standpoint that adds value for the customers and adds value to you and sets you up for success with sales and sets you up for success in your career. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. Oh, excellent. Well, that's a good way to end the show with Peter completely agreeing with me. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) So, Peter, Thanks, as always, for coming on the show. But uh, tell folks how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Sure. So they can check out the site, which is thoughtleadershipleverage.com. Or they can obviously email me directly at peter at thoughtleadershipleverage.com. Perfect. Good. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. And friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Make sure you join us again tomorrow. And until then, if you get a chance, please go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. We really want to hear what you have to say positive or negative, uh, anything we could do to help improve the show. Really want to hear it. So again, thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>